Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to Loved As You Are, an Ignatian podcast. Today I'm thrilled to bring you my first one-on-one conversation with my guest, Colleen Santoni. Colleen is an experienced educator with over 25 years of serving as a middle school teacher and administrator. In addition to her work in Catholic primary schools, Colleen also spent some time working at the university level for the Center for Social Concerns at the University of Notre Dame. Most recently, she served as an assistant principal at St. Patrick's Catholic School in Dallas, Texas. Colleen's many years of experience are bolstered by her extensive academic education and training. She holds a BA from Notre Dame, a master's in the art of teaching from the University of Portland, and is a graduate of the Alliance for Catholic Education program. Finally, she has a certificate in Catholic school leadership from Creighton University. Colleen currently works as a consultant with North Shore Learning, where she provides personalized coaching and professional development to administrators and teachers with the primary focus of supporting their well-being and their professional goals. Colleen lives in Richardson, Texas with her husband. She has three sons. Colleen and I have crossed paths over and over again since my own time in Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education program over 20 years ago. I would describe Colleen as the ultimate people person who thrives on helping people make connections with one another. She described to me recently that some of her best moments are when all her people, and for her, her people come from far and wide, end up in the same place, and she can help make intentional connections between them. Needless to say, I was thrilled when she agreed to come on the podcast and share a bit about her spirituality and her thoughts on the Loved As You Are theme. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation just as much as I did. So, here we go. Colleen to the Loved As You Are, an Ignatian podcast. I'm so excited to have you as my first guest. Thank you for being here. I just introduced you to all of the listeners, but I also wanted to say that you and I first met, I don't know if it's like almost 20 years ago, well, a little over 20 years ago at Notre Dame when I was first starting in the Alliance for Catholic Education program. And I met you and your husband. And I think your oldest son was like in a stroller. 
Maybe. And then we met again when I moved to Dallas at the SMU Catholic Center where your husband worked. You got involved a little bit with the ministry there. So our paths keep crossing. And then your sons, of course, attend have attended and attend the school I work at. So we've got a lot of connections and I'm so glad that we keep intersecting in all of these ways. So welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thanks for letting me be your first guest. I'm excited. So you listened to the first few episodes of the podcast and you said it really seemed to resonate with you. What stuck out to you or why were you like, yeah, I'll be interested in coming on and and being a guest on this podcast? Well, I love Ignatian spirituality. That has been, especially having my children at Jesuit, it's been a big part of our lives and Creighton University. I got my Catholic school leadership certificate there. I was amazed as I was going through the courses and they were online courses, how much they were able to integrate Ignatian spirituality. And I loved it. It was, it really nurtured me. And so I did a few other Ignatian reflections and immersions. And it was just, it's, it's, something that I that speaks to me, speaks to my heart, but also the title of your podcast, Loved As You Are. I think that was for me just something I think about all the time. So why did that title in, in particular stick out to you, do you think? Is it something that you've always thought of or was it an idea that you came to at some point in your journey? Well, probably an idea that I came to at some point. Just that awareness that that enoughness. God is a God of uh, no matter whatness, Father Greg Boyle says, that that as we are, we're enough. And and then when we lean into that and we believe that and live into that, know of our belovedness that we can really extend that to other people. And so I've just seen the fruits of, of that mindset really for me and, and how I parent and how I'm in relationship with others and in the work that I do. So it's definitely the way I, let, I want to live. Yeah, I will say like both of us were in the Alliance for Catholic Education or the ACE program. And I think that that was something that they taught us when we were in the program. But I'm not sure as a 21, 22 year old, I really, it really resonated with me when I was learning it. And so I like to look back at those years and say, oh, yeah, they were trying to teach me that message, too, when I was so young and just starting out in education. I think you probably could speak to that, too, since you went through that same kind of training and background. Yeah, I think there's definitely an intentionality that ACE has in, in, in helping us not only to see that in ourselves, but then to see that in our students. And I think as, as you know, your world gets bigger, you leave college, your world gets bigger and you start to meet new people and then having so many different students and their diverse needs and becoming a parent, getting married, all those things really make you realize that there's so much more and that really that God is in all. You know, and just to be able to find God in, in the people around us and their uniqueness um, and to celebrate that. One of the really key phrases we say a lot in Ignatian spirituality is that God is in all things. That leads me to ask you, who really is God to you? I know in Ignatian spirituality, we end up talking uh, about God as a friend. And even on our retreats that, that I've done with your sons, we talk about this idea of God as friendship. But for teenage boys, it's not always a concept that they can wrap their heads around at that time. And even as adults, we're still learning it. How do you see your relationship with God? Um, is it one of friendship or something else? And how has it grown over the years? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say companionship, you know, just that familiar presence where I, I find myself being like, oh, there you are again. You know, there you are again. And the way that God shows up in my life continues to surprise me. 
And yet it's familiar. It's comforting and familiar that God loves me in ways that I don't expect. And that that consistently in ways that I have to remind myself, well, of course that's you. You've always loved me that way. Why would I doubt that? Or why would I, would I not recognize that today or in this situation or in this challenge or in this good? So definitely companionship, familiar, familiar friend for sure. Does that inform how you present God to others? I know like in your work, you are working with coaching teachers and coaching administrators, and it's not necessarily always in their spirituality or in their faith, but does that somehow resonate with how you lead others? And of course, also how you lead your own boys at home? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's part of why I got into this work, this role is during COVID, uh, a lot of the programming that I did as an administrator at a Catholic school kind of got shelved, kind of put put to the side because we couldn't do it. And so I really leaned into the people that were in my midst. And, and that was teachers, right? Teachers and the students. And I found myself just finding ways to be present, finding ways to be supportive, finding ways to be loving, finding ways to be encouraging, because I found that's really what was needed at the time for me and for the people that I was working with. And as I saw the impact, and I'm, I'm relational, that is like the heart of, of who I am as I, I thrive on relationships. And, and so I found that that was really life-giving to me. And I found it to be a, a way to like, yeah, the faith was often and frequently incorporated in those conversations and just reminders of who we are and what we're called to and what we can do and 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 what companionship can, can do to help us on the journey. And so in my current role, I'm able to do that with teachers. And I think I think the best part, what I love about what I'm able to do now in this role is really to tell teachers, help teachers to let them know that they're seen, that they're celebrated, to identify strengths. And from a, a trusting, personalized conversation and relationship, growth happens. You know, people are open to growth, they're open to new ideas, new possibilities. And that's really the goal of what I do. What I did as an educator in the classroom with middle school students, what I did as an administrator in a Catholic school, provide that support and that like, I see you, I hear you, you're known, you're loved, you're celebrated. And how do we use your gifts to, to make our community better and stronger? And then that's what, again, unfortunately, I work in Catholic schools, continue to work with Catholic school educators. And so I get to keep having those conversations and it feels really fruitful. And it feels like where God wants me to be right now. Teaching's hard. <laughs> Teaching's hard these days. So it is. Yeah. And I think um, when I consider how you are such a relational person, I know that about you as well, that I know that you are probably seeking doing that in your role as an administrator and as a teacher in the past, but you also had all these other competing goods, all these other things that you also had to do with teachers, you also had to do with your colleagues. And so your new role is is really exciting, this idea that you are really just focused on that individual and that the only responsibility you have to them is to listen to them and to coach them and to lead them forward. And I think it is such a vital thing for teachers to be heard, especially from somebody that doesn't have all these other competing goods to think about. So really do think that's such a vital resource to offer. Also, when it comes to your three sons and how you transfer this idea that you have of God being your companion, how do you see that transferring onto them? Or how do you try to show them who God is? I would say I have this 
this idea that that you know the first love that our kids experience is the love that I have with my husband right with with the kind of like the nest love the beginning love and and I really it's really been important to me or I've seen I've seen this kind of evolve as I learned to be a parent that they really look to that that love between me and Frank and that companionship and that friendship as that like model of how God loves, you know, like that's their, that's their first love. And, and so really found that one of my goals is to love well, love Frank well, to really like model that kind of love for my kids. And because I think that's where they, they, they nestle in, you know, they nestle in, they grow up in that, they, they kind of swim around in it and, and experience it and then take that with them. And so I guess modeling that for for the boys and loving loving well and also trying or realizing that we don't do it well that we talk about that right like that we acknowledge that and you know and and the beauty of having three boys is they're so different each of them is so different and so I think that's one of the ways that we've I've seen you know like God manifesting God's self so beautifully and 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 opening my world to the things that they love and the things that they're passionate about and the things that they struggle with and kind of walking and journeying with them so again just that companionship and and the relationships that we have with each other and that message of belovedness and that message of you're part of something good and big and so modeling that living that developing those relationships um, with others and and then getting to part of it and swim around in it, I think is really the best gift that we can give our kids. Yeah, I like what you say about modeling that you and Frank's relationship models for them what their relationship with God could look like. We often have, you know, when we talk in Catholic circles about the Trinity, it's kind of confusing sometimes to ex- to explain to others what is this thing, what is the Trinity, what is three persons in one God. But I like the definition of it being that God and and Jesus and Holy Spirit, they are a relationship together. And that relationship is really our first model of what it's like to have a relationship not only with God, that's like mutually giving and mutually beneficial, but also to have a relationship with other people. So I like the idea that you really see your relationship with God being modeled through your relationship with other people and you demonstrate that for your kids. That's a really wonderful way of doing that. Now, when uh, you said you wanted to come on this podcast, I think you said there was a story or two that you wanted to share that kind of related to the idea of being loved as you are. You let me know what, what you wanted to come on. Sure. And share. <laughs> okay, so this, it's actually, um, I think you'll appreciate this because it has to do with teenage boys. And again, you know, raising three boys, you learn on the job. Noah is the oldest. And then we have Alex, who's two years after him, and then Luke's three years after Alex. And so when Noah was about, I think it was his, his senior year, and we we always say that with boys, or at least we've learned with boys, is that we call it going into the cave. I think I told you about this. <laughs> they go into the cave, and it, it varies. Um, and they're in there for, for a couple years. And it's like this time where you just feel like you don't have access to them, and they're in the cave, and you keep peeking in, and it's dark, and you throw in the food, and you... You hope they're going to come out, right? I think around this time, senior year, Noah had emerged from the cave. Like he was, he was out of the cave, and you know, Frank and I like, okay, like here he is. Here is the person we have been forming and in relationship with and fretting over for, you know, in your first one, even more so, for seventeen years, and here, here he is. 
And, and we had this one night, and I don't think anything particular prompted it, but we had this one night where Frank and I were both like up late talking, and, and it was a weeknight. It was just out of nowhere. You know, your fears come out, and you finally share them. And we're like, what if he is who he is? This, this person who's emerged, Noah Santoni, who's going to go out into the world, did we do enough? What if, what if we didn't teach him something? What if he's not ready? What if he's not prepared? What if there's something missing? And, and these personality traits, are they sealed in? We, can we, do we still have time? You know? And then we start thinking about the other two. We're like, we still have time. If we need to make any changes to our parenting or like tweak anything, like we still have time with them. He might be lost here with this one, but we still have two others. You know, just kind of like share these like fears and this, this like, parenting like oh my gosh first one ready to launch soon and did we do enough you know as his parents um and you know we always tell our kids sorry if you ever need if you're ever needing therapy because of us we're sorry (laughs) you know we did our best you know send us the bill but the very next day and this didn't happen very often I think Jesuit just happened to be offering for administrators of um K through eight schools an opportunity to come to school hear a little bit about their program and then kind of get a tour and sitting on some classes with um, some of the some of the teachers, and so I was so excited to go because I was, you know, I love popping into Jesuit. I don't get to do it very often. I felt like a teenage girl going there because I was like, okay, I might see them, and I was totally coaching myself, like in case I run into the boys. Two of my boys were there at the time, and I'm thinking, you know, act cool, control yourself, like just you know, when you're when you're in the building, don't you know, don't embarrass them or anything. So I totally coached myself on that. But I was excited. I mean, I had just seen them that, that morning too. But there was something about being in their space and in their world, you know, like which which had me excited. So they had this great session with the, the administrator, and then they broke us out to, and we got to pick. Did you want to go here, talk to the English department or the math department? You know, we had some options. And as they were walking us down the hall, it was during class and so I was like oh I'm not gonna get to see them like I'm not gonna bump into them it's not between classes and I might get a glimpse of them and so we're walking down the hall and I was gonna go to one session and then I decided I'm like I'm gonna take a quick bio break and so I said you know not loudly because there's other people around me and you know like I was just like could you tell me where the women's restroom is because in an all-boys school right they're very strategically placed there's not too many so I say that in my kind of low voice and get pointed in the direction. And so I break off from the group and I go right and they go left. And as I round the corner, and again, the hallways are empty. The boys are all in the classroom. I round the corner and there's this all glass door. I think it's like the IT room. And I look in and there's Noah walking towards me. Like he's not in class. I don't know why he's not in class, but he's not in class and he's walking out of the IT room. And of course, all my plan to not be, you know, to be cool and not to react. I go, (gasps) And my arms pop up, you know, like, forget it. My arms open, like, for a hug. Because I totally wasn't expecting to see him. And, you know, he, like, within seconds, we have a hug. And I look over, and he's like, yeah. The the teacher behind him says, oh, yes, he told me that you were going to be here today. And what Noah said to me was, I heard your voice. And I thought, like, all, all of the things that I had been worried about the night before, I just felt that hug and that embrace and that reminder that they do come to you, right? Like he heard my voice and I'm thinking too, like, how did he hear my voice? Cause I was whispering, you know, but that our voices as parents are really clear to our kids, you know, and they can hear it. And I was so grateful that it compelled him to come towards me. Literally he met me at the door. Like he heard me coming around the corner and we were 
together in a second. And it gets me emotional every time because I think about like all the fears of, was it enough? You know, is it enough what we did? Um, could we have done more? And I think about the gift of that moment, that reminder, like within 24 hours, God saying, it's enough. You know, he heard your voice. He's going to move towards it. And that hug and that embrace just remind me that we are enough. And that, and what I appreciate so much about um, Jesuit and really my prayer with, with my kids as they get older or as they got older, I realized that my prayer became about like, who are the mentors and the friends that will call them into their goodness, right? Who are the people that are going to remind them of their belovedness and it doesn't have to be just me right when senior milam joseph ed perkins always says god is always making up what's lacking in us and when i think about being loved as we are right that's exactly it like the gaps the things that we worry about that aren't enough like god's filling them in and just child comes to their parents voice you just it, it cuts through whatever other sounds are there whatever other things are going on i think about with God too, for us to be able to say, oh, I heard your voice. You know, I heard your voice around the corner. I heard your voice in that situation and that we move towards it, right? We move towards it with open hearts, open minds, and knowing that there is an embrace, you know, that, that we are loved and that we are, we are known and that God surprises us, you know? And so after that, you know, of course we continue to have our moments. We're like, oh, are we doing the right thing? Is it enough? But just that reminder to me that that it is, you know, that God gives us what we need as parents, as friends, as companions, as spouses, and the work that we're called to do, God does give us what we need. Yeah, I really appreciate that story. Of course, I have three young boys myself who are not too far from high school, but hopefully far from high school. (laughs) And I remember saying to someone recently that you think about what marriage and what children is going to look like and what really your life is going to look like. But until you're in it, you can't really imagine what it's going to be like. And I even said, you can't, you can plan for what that child is going to look like. It's going to be a mix of you and your husband or whatever. But when the child comes out, you have this, you're presented with this person, this very unique person with all these unique attributes, and you really can't plan for who that person is, right? And so I was joking to someone the other day that parenting is 99% just making it up on the fly. I mean, you have like a moral system and a value system and you have whatever it is that other people are telling you or what you read, but day to day, you're kind of making it up. So I appreciate that you said, I don't know if I did it right, because I think more of us, whether it's parenting or any other aspect of our life, we have to be willing to admit we don't know if we're doing it right out loud to other people so that other people can hear us say that and say, yes, I don't know if I'm doing it right either. (laughs) So, And the other part I appreciated is that you said when you're a parent, you make mistakes and you have to be able to ask for forgiveness. I was reading something from Pope Francis the other day. It was during the World Meeting of Families over a year ago that he said, we talk about the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter all the time when we're talking about that gospel story. But we also have to talk about the prodigal parents as well, and that parents have to be willing to admit when they've been the one needing forgiveness from their children and be able to say, I messed up in this situation because that's a model for then not only the children to see that the parents can admit that 
they're not perfect and that also they are loved as they are in that imperfection, but also see that they too can ask for forgiveness, you know, to be that model for their children as well. Yeah, I'm really grateful. I remember distinctly growing up that um, my dad would, if he ever, you know, got frustrated and maybe was, you know, short tempered or something. And it was never, it was never anything big, but I remember he would come back and he would say, I'm really sorry. I don't like, I, I regret that I, you know, raised my voice. And I, and I remember thinking that was normal. And my friends saying, Oh, my dad would never apologize for that. You know, like not a million years, you know? And so it is, it is unique. And it is a gift for a child to hear their parents say, you know, apologize and it was a great example for me. That's something that we brought to our family too. Yeah, it's clear that you emulate that example um, for your own children, which is just hopefully creating generational way of being able to seek forgiveness from each other, but also being able to just admit who we are as our imperfect, beloved human beings to one another instead of trying to be the best parent or the best role model or the best example for somebody else. I often think my best examples in life are the ones that weren't perfect, that I got to learn from their mistakes as much as as much as mine. In light of that, I'm curious if there's anything that you think is particularly challenging about helping others either in your work or or your boys to see their belovedness in today's world. We have this expanded connection to people, which is wonderful. Like I get to learn so much about having Addison's disease, which is a rare disease. I get to learn about it so much better because we have this connection to everybody. But then there's also some detriments to having constant connection to everybody as well. Do you see anything that's that's challenging about helping people see their belovedness in today's world? Yeah, I mean, I would say I feel like I I work with people who want to do it all right, right? You know, like they they just want to get it right, and I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the desire to do well and to do good at the same time, and yet I find myself often in conversation saying, "Be gentle with yourself." You know, like I can I can I please reflect back to you what I saw, and I see a lot of times a relief, like literally a physical and like a. like, okay, like that, I guess I didn't realize, or it's nice to hear that someone like named out loud what I do, how I do it, and how that's a blessing to the students in my class. And just, and so, so yeah, I think, I think reflecting like that, again, having people to know that they are known and seen is really important. I think things move so quickly. And, um, and People can be really hard on themselves that they don't, they don't hear that or believe it sometimes when they, without hearing it. So I think just that like gentleness with themselves, you know, I tell that my, to my boys too. I was like, you know, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to be up here. Like, however, however this turns out, good can come from it, you know, and we'll keep moving forward. And so just that that gentleness, I think, um, that I that I see that that I don't see in some situations or in some people um, with themselves is really really important. 
Yeah, I think especially you work in the educational field and we're both educators. As educators, we can be our harshest critics. You often think like, yes, I can be evaluated for something by somebody else, but I've already run through all the things that I've done wrong in that moment. So I really like that with the coaching that you do, that you really try to highlight um, for people the good that they're doing as well. And to say, no, we need to pause in this moment and see all the things that you didn't see because you probably, like most of us, went straight for whatever the worst moment in that that room was. So then you asked a question and nobody answered or you maybe told a joke and nobody laughed or nobody did the reading, whatever it was <laughs> that kind of made you feel like, oh, I'm failing in this moment. Right. Let's also look at the fact that that student stopped you on your way out the classroom to tell you about their weekend or that you know, insight that a kid made that you didn't even think they had really been listening the rest of the class, you know, like to try to think of those connections that you made. And it's so great that you're able to bring those to the surface for teachers. Because I think we often go to the the worst of part of evaluation before we recognize the better things. Absolutely. And that has probably to deal a lot with our idea that we have to be perfect human beings, which none of us, none of us can be, right? Which is the whole theme of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just where we are is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be good and holy. Well, as we kind of wrap up our conversation today, I, I'd love for you to tell people where they can find you. I know most of your work is done through North Shore Learning. Can you tell people a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. So North Shore Learning, it is based in Minnesota. My friend, Jessica Warner started a few years ago, actually during COVID. And what we do is we work in schools all over the country um, and working with educators to really support them, coaching um, and also workshops to help them identify what are their goals for for themselves professionally and personally, well-being wise, and how can we support them? And it's that individualized, personalized support, someone walking with you, journeying with you. And really, I think teachers love it because it's for them. It's not one more thing that they have to do, but it's, it's a, it's almost like a stop and pause and let's see where you're at and where, how you want to grow. And again, to celebrate the good of your vocation and the work that you do and help you support you in, in the growth that you want to make. And so we do workshops, we do um, trainings and I work with administrators as well to support them because they need a lot of support too. So <laughs> Yes, definitely. People at all levels in education need that support and also that like safe space to come to and have a conversation and really be listened to in a way that's kind of disjointed from the community that they're working with day in and day out. So that's really wonderful. I also want to highlight that you said sometime in this conversation that you're a people person and a communicator and you like to really engage with people. And I just want to highlight that Colleen is really that person for me because she really you know, goes out and makes sure that everybody's talking to one another. We were at a conference together just a couple weeks ago, and it was like everyone knew Colleen. We kept, you know, Colleen was talking to everybody, but also bringing everybody together and establishing connections. And I think that's just such a great part of who you are. And I'm glad that you are able to share that on a, a bigger level now, because you're not just looking at one school, but you're looking at schools all over the United States. And I think that's really incredible. So thank you for sharing your talent with all those teachers, but also um, with me and with the people who are listening to this podcast today. Great. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun.
Yes. Awesome. <laughs> we should do it again. <laughs> I'd love to. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Colleen as much as I did. I loved how she described the moment with her son as being a tangible glimpse of God showing up just for her and reminding her that despite the insecurities that come with parenting, we are loved as we are as long as we are willing to show up and be vulnerable, be real, and try to love others exactly as they are. Her work with educators is so inspiring and so needed. And I invite you to check out companies like North Shore Learning that are providing educational coaching and learn a little bit more about what they do and why they do it. I am recording more guests throughout the first few weeks of May, and I can't wait to introduce each of them to you. If you think you or someone you know has a story to share on this podcast, please email me at lovedasyouarepod at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to have your feedback and be able to continue to move this podcast in a direction that is valuable for you. You can also follow everything related to this podcast at lovedasyouarepod on Instagram and at gretchencrowder.com slash lovedasyouarepodcast. Links to both are in the show notes. Thank you for joining me and Colleen today. And until next time, remember to be who you are. Because that's exactly who God wants you to be. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.